I just wanted to do my little part of nudging the world in the right direction. And one way I can do that is by working with brands who also want to make a difference. Mm. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. When I think back on my first years of business ownership, it is a sea of Excel spreadsheets and paper contracts and taking checks by mail. And it worked for a while. But as someone who isn't particularly organized, I soon realized it was a bit risky to be hodgepodging everything together. I needed something that organized my clients in a way that made it easy for me to keep track of them and their projects and ideally save me some time. Dubsado has been my right-hand software ever since. Dubsado was my assistant before I could afford to hire an assistant, and even 10 years later as my team has grown, it continues to keep us organized and sane. It allows me to send and accept digital contracts, no printing or scanning, it's all done online, send invoices and receive payments faster than when I was receiving them by mail, and it integrates with so many other platforms that I use, like Google Calendar, so I never miss an appointment. One of my favorite Dubsado features is payment plans. This allows me to organize my monthly revenue so I have more consistent months of income, as opposed to some months that were super high and some months that were super low. Now I can spread out the payments, making it easier on my clients who receive automated reminders, and it's far more predictable for my monthly budgeting. I can also set up workflows to help clients prep for their sessions without me having to remember to send weekly emails. Honestly, when people ask me the one business tool I can't live without, it's Dubsado. If you're ready to uplevel the back end of your business and make your life a whole lot easier, you can head to dubsado.com and get 20% off your first month or year with the code Maddie Pishong. That's 20% off your first month or year with the code Maddie Pishong. Pachi, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I've been so excited about this conversation. Yes, we were talking before I hit record that you and I connected on Instagram a while ago. So it feels very cool to like finally be kind of face to face over the internet. Uh, What would we do without the internet though? (laughs) I know, I know. I totally agree. So for those who are tuning in, can you please do an introduction of who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. Thanks. I'm Solve Petch, aka Petchy. And I'm a brand strategist and identity designer. So that means that I partner with my clients to help them uncover that unique brand core of theirs. And then I take that and translate it into strategic and compelling visual brand identities that are kind of bursting at the seams with personality and that, well, ultimately, they're going to help my clients connect with more of their perfect fit clients. Absolutely. I I love that. I I I think it does too. I've been excited to talk with you because we have so much overlap in what we do when it comes to branding, even though we're, our skill sets um, are different. They also at the core, I think are very, very similar. And so I'm excited to talk with you today about um, brand values and really owning who you are. Um, How did you get started doing what you do? Oh, do you want the long story or do you want the... (laughs) I kind of want the long story. (laughs) Well, so I kind of always knew that I wanted to do something creative. So I was was that 
child who was always either I had my nose in a book or I was drawing and so I went away to art college when I was 15 and did three years of that um, and I kind of always thought I was going to be just a graphic designer and then I um, I ended up going to uh, to check out a few different universities over in the UK and while I was there I found design management and it just kind of clicked because it was the kind of it was linking the creativity with this with the strategic thinking and it was yes. kind of all and it just really spoke to me and so I studied design management for three years um, and then it turns out people weren't that tuned into brand strategy so I ended up working as as just a general graphic designer for quite a few years uh, both like as an employee and then I co-founded a design agency and then about seven years ago six or seven years ago I I thought, no, I want to do something different. I want to go back to the strategic way of doing things. And so I set up my own company. I went out on my own. And that's when I started shifting my focus more towards working with the strategic side of design and, um, and branding specifically. That's amazing. So. I, I feel very similarly when you said, you know, you were, you wanted to be a designer, but then when you found design management, like it really, really clicked. I had a similar, um, thing happened to me with photography. Like I really liked photography, but it wasn't until I found brand photography that I was like, yes, okay. Strategy and creativity. Like this is where I've meant to be. It's just really nice to, to find that, you know, when you find that excitement and it just clicks and you know that you, you found your kind of right path, I guess. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And you're based in Norway. Yes, I am. Have you always been in Norway? Um, well, I'm half British, half Norwegian. So I was born and raised in Norway, but we're like one foot in the UK. And then I studied in the UK and then I ended up living there for quite a few years afterwards as well and, and worked as a creative designer there for, for a large international company. So I got some good experience in there working with some of the larger brands and some household names in the fashion industry, um, not on fashion design. I'm definitely not a fashion designer, <laughs> <laughs> but on the fashion designer's branding, should I say. Amazing. That's so cool. So what is like the state of branding in Norway or like European countries? Because I know in the US, I feel like people are talking more about branding and your own brand, your personal brand or your business brand. Like that's a little bit more of the conversation now. Um, whereas it used to be, you know, when you talked brand, it was like your logo and that's kind of where the conversation ended. Um, what conversations are you seeing around branding right now? I'm experiencing much the same, actually. I think there's a shift now and a lot of people still think of logo and colors and fonts when yes. they think of branding, but more and more people are kind of coming around to this idea that branding is not just about what you see. It's actually more about what you are and what you do <laughs> and how you put yourself out in the world and I have and this is a conversation a recurring conversation uh, that I have with a lot of my potential clients and, and connections that you don't really have a choice you already have a brand whether you like it or not and the question is are you going to take control of that and try and steer it in the direction of where you want it to go or are you just going to let it shape its own form in in the minds of people um I know which one I would pick 
Yes. I love that. That's, that's something that I have um, conversations with, with clients about a lot too, because they tend to go to that place of like, well, I don't, I don't need a personal brand or, you know, if, if I don't have a podcast or if I don't have a business, it doesn't make sense for me to have a personal brand. But I think a lot of it just comes back to your reputation and what, what people know you for and the conversations that are already being had. So to your point, like it's already there, it already exists. What do you want to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like I said, I think more and more people are realizing that and more and more people are thinking it might be a good idea to actually try and take control of this and, and put my spin on it so that I am in the driving seat. (laughs) Definitely. So one of the questions that I've been trying to ask guests going forward, this, this podcast at its core is about personal branding, which encompasses a lot of different things, which is why it's so fun to, you know, think about different topics because there's a lot of things that encompass that or that personal branding encompasses. But what does having a personal brand mean to you? Well, to me, the lines are getting blurry. I think for a lot of small business owners and solo business owners, it's difficult to completely separate you and your personal brand from your, I want to say professional brand, but I mean, like what's professional anyways? Yeah, totally. Uh, so, So for me, there's a really strong link between my personal brand and my professional brand. Obviously, they're not identical. There are things that from my personal life that I wouldn't share in right. like a professional setting. Um, but the similarities are, they are definitely there. It's like, I, I want to come across as the same person, whether you meet me you know, as just me outside of work or whether you meet me in a client meeting. I, I am still that same person. It's just, I guess it, it's just two slightly different iterations. So like I'm maybe a bit more open in my personal life. But at the end of the day, my clients are people. My clients are humans yeah. and they want human connection. And uh, why shouldn't we, why shouldn't we just go with it? Yeah, I love it. I, I sometimes think of it like I, I am the same Maddie, you're the same Petchy, but like I'm going to wear a different outfit to a gala than I am a backyard barbecue. You know, like we can change a little bit depending on the circumstances, but we're still us. Yeah, I love how you phrased that. I love a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that you talk about a lot, and this is where I think we have a lot of overlap, so I'm really excited for this conversation, is Um, really embracing the true you. And that's a really great way to make your brand stand out. Um, What are some of the ways that you work with your clients to do exactly that? Because I think, you know, there's, there are definitely people, yourself and myself included in the online space talking about things like authenticity. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that for me, at least, it's easy to talk about. It's harder in practice. So how are you helping your clients with that? To be honest, mostly I'm helping them find the confidence that they need Mm. to actually put their true selves out there. Because all of it, it's already inside of them. It's not like I come in and work with them to create their their personal values or their worldview. It's already there. And it's It's a matter of then kind of luring it out and defining it down and distilling it down into, okay, what is it that matters the most to me? And then giving them the confidence to really lean into that. 
and that's something I I see a lot of people find it's hard it's it's a challenge yeah. because we've all been conditioned to be professional whatever that means yeah. and to not show our full selves in in a business setting and honestly that's exhausting <laughs> completely exhausting <laughs> yeah so so a lot of the work I do in the initial stages before I actually start to design the brand identity for a client is just to, to reassure them that it's okay to lean into who they actually are and that when they do that, it's going to feel liberating and it's going to set them apart. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody if they were like, well, you're, you're designing logos and pulling together brand colors. Like, why does it matter if I'm being my truest self? Like we're, you know, we're just designing a logo. You and I know that that's not true, but what would you say to someone who's like, no, why, why does it matter who I am? Like, that's not what we're talking about here. Well, I think it's easy to just design a logo, to just design something that looks pretty, right? It's more challenging to design a brand identity uh, system that truly reflects who you are. But when you manage to do that, you're going to stand out from all of the others in a crowded marketplace because people will be able to read through the, you know, between the lines and see that, oh, here's something a bit different. And as a designer, that's something I need to know before I can design a really effective brand identity. I need to get to know my clients. I need mm -hmm. them to get to know themselves so that they can communicate to me who they are so I can help them communicate that to their clients again, if that yeah. makes sense. So what are the ways that you're getting to know them during that process? Well, we work quite closely. Um, so I like to say that it's not uh, it's not a done for you service. What I do, it's more a done with you service because my clients' input is is really the most important part of the whole process. So I will have them work through a lot of exercises and like depending on the package they choose with me, uh, that could mean that we have several strategy sessions just to talk about what they've worked through and help them to iron out any any little kinks there that they they're not feeling confident about. Um, but at the very, very least, they have to give me, uh, they have to fill in a, a comprehensive survey so I can really sort of get the core of their brand before I start doing anything else. Yeah. One of the things that you talk about is having a purpose-driven brand and how those types of brands are really the ones that can just like change the world. And this is something that I've been thinking about a lot in my business as it grows, like where where do I want to kind of put my time and philanthropy and even just like energy, right? So when it comes to having a purpose-driven brand, are, are those also conversations that you're having with clients to kind of pull out? Like, what are the things that you're passionate about and excited about? And how can we pull that into your brand? How does that work? Yeah. And this is also something that people are feeling a lot of resistance <laughs> towards because, because they think it's scary. They think I'm asking them to change the world on their own, uh, which I'm not because, you know, we can't. <laughs> we, we can't change the world just like on our own individually. But it's more about nudging it in the right direction. Like, where do we want to see the world going? And I would say that a purpose-driven brand is a little bit different from a profit-driven brand because of what they do with their profits. So I'm definitely not telling anybody that profit is a bad thing you I mean 
we're running businesses. We want to make a profit. We need to make a profit. But let's say we're a profit-driven brand. Their overall um, goal might be to pay out as much money as possible just to the people at the top. Um, whereas a purpose-driven brand, they think about the impact that they can make with the money that they make. <laughs> and so when you put that at the forefront, you're going to connect with and attract more of those people who share that purpose, who share your worldview, because, I mean, tapping into your purpose and your values, it, it can positively impact, like, not just your business, but the world as a whole, but also, it sounds such a big and monumental thing to do, but we ultimately it's about connecting with people and consumers are getting more and more discerning and they care about where they put their money they care about the the, the companies and the brands that they are associated with and i think if you can really articulate what you stand for and have it be something other than just the money that is a winning formula because then you're going to you're going to really connect with the people who who want to nudge the world in the same direction as you do. I think you're spot on that I've noticed it a lot in um fashion brands and uh, say I'm I'm in no way related to any <laughs> fashion thing. I just like watching it on Instagram. Um but in the fashion world, I think that consumers have gotten a lot more savvy with okay, like what what am I spending my money on? Where is this money going? What does this brand stand for? Are these clothes ethically made? And I think that that's starting to infiltrate a lot of industries. Consumers are getting more and more savvy and um, millennials and Gen Z, like these are generations that want their money to go towards something bigger. And so putting your flag in the sand and saying like, this is what I'm passionate about really just has amazing potential for, for where your business can go. And also probably how, how fulfilled you feel. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just, I mean, we're thankfully, we're moving away from seeing customers as just cash machines, right? Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> we're moving more towards like a co-creation scenario where consumers are, they're very much a part of shaping the brands now, I think. Um, and I'm here for that. <laughs> Definitely. So this is really interesting because I feel like I've talked to a lot of designers in the past. I have a lot of um, friends who are brand designers. Um, but really none of them that specifically talk about having a purpose-driven brand. So why has that become something that is so important to you specifically? Well, I think I I just wanted to do my little part of nudging the world in the right direction. And one way I can do that is by working with brands who also want to make a difference. Mm. So it's... Uh, <laughs> This is very sort of egocentric, but it's like I, I really just, I had a little look at, okay, where can I make the biggest impact with my brand? And I'm just one person. I'm a tiny little business, um, one, one woman team. And so if I just think locally, if I just think about me, the impact I can make is quite limited because I'm just one person. But if I can help my clients to tap into their purpose, then I can make a bigger impact through them. And then when they work with people and they kind of take their purpose out into the world, then they will make a bigger impact. And then there's this whole ripple effect, really. 
Definitely. That's what I'm hoping is going to happen. I love that. So this is a big question. And I feel like it's kind of the eternal question, but as a business owner, I guess as a person, how do we get closer to finding what our purpose is? Like, what does that process look like? Because I think it's something that gets talked about pretty frequently. And especially for those of us, um, for, for those people who maybe haven't been in business as long or who are just starting to think about what's my mission, what's my purpose, it can feel a little frustrating to like not know it immediately. So what are your thoughts on that? I completely agree with you. It can feel overwhelming and it can feel a bit scary to start thinking about it. But my top tip is to not think that you have to have a purpose that is huge and like much, much bigger than yourself. Because let's face it, not all of us do. Not The majority of us probably don't just don't have this overarching I'm going to save the world way of thinking (laughs) but it's more about looking inwards and asking yourself okay so what is it that really matters to me and how can I infuse that into the way I do my business the way I build my brand so that I can build a brand in the way that feels good to me but also Mm -hmm. does good you talked earlier about helping your clients with confidence. Is that a big part of your purpose as a business owner? I guess you can say it is. Just it's confidence is such a difficult thing. Like <laughs> I I for one, I mean, I've been a bit of a misfit most of my life. And I've always felt like I had to do things in a mm-hmm. certain way. I was very aware of all of the the shoulds. Yep. And And so I think now that I'm finding my own voice, I'm daring to show up and be me because, hello, why shouldn't that be enough? Um, The more I do that and the more of my own confidence I find, the more I want to help other people achieve the same thing because it's it's just a wonderful feeling of liberation. And it's it just, yeah, makes me feel a bit badass. (laughs) Oh, I totally agree. I love that. I totally relate to this. I love what you said about not necessarily looking for a purpose outside of yourself or something that's like this big elaborate thing. What I have found is most of what I am doing with clients, whether I'm working with them on the photography side or coaching, it's, it comes down to their confidence. And I think I fought that for, I know I fought that (laughs) for a while because it, it almost seemed kind of futile. But then the more that I thought about it, the more that I was like, no, like if people have confidence to show up in the world, that's everything. Like that can be the start of that amazing ripple effect that you're talking about. So I think it can be a seemingly small thing that makes a really big difference. And that's what makes up your larger purpose. Yeah. And I think we, it's important that we talk about this because if we don't talk about it, people are going to sit in in their little corner of the world and think, well, I can't, it doesn't matter. I can't make much of a difference anyways. And so they don't do anything, you know, and they just like keep going with the flow and doing what other people expect them to do. And even if, if you and I maybe work with 10 people each who then find their confidence to go out in the world and, and be their true selves, like that's a huge difference. Uh, to those people's lives and also to the people they work with. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the risk of 
of not doing this, right? Like if someone is really struggling with showing up and with uh, working on their confidence or they don't, they don't want this like brand that feels personal to them. They're kind of keeping it at an arm's length, but they do have passions and they're just not wanting to show those, put those on display. What's the risk of that when it comes to business? Well, I think we touched on it a little bit before, and it has to do with with how people now want to buy from brands that stand for something beyond their own success and that they can resonate with on a more personal level. And if you're just kind of blending in with everyone else in this big sea of sameness, then how are those people going to find you? So you risk just being one of many and never standing out. Um, And that would be a shame, wouldn't it? I I love what you talk about like brand values versus bland values. I had never heard it put that way before. So talk a little bit about like what is a brand value versus a bland value. Oh, should we start with bland values then? Yes. Um and like there are two okay, let's let's start here. There are two main mistakes that I see people make when they are uh, working on their brand values. And the first one is that they are afraid to ruffle feathers. They're afraid to upset someone. And so they play it really safe with values that aren't going to upset anyone. And then mistake number two that I see a lot is that once they pick their brand values, they just leave them gathering dust in a, in a chest of drawers somewhere Ooh. on a sheet of paper. <laughs> so if we address that first point first, um, being afraid of upsetting people and ruffling feathers, but that's what you want to do. You want to ruffle some feathers. If you haven't ruffled any feathers with your brand values, then really your brand values don't hold much value at all. Um, because if they're not distinct enough, that they're kind of beca- they kind of become meaningless. So if you just start off by asking yourself, okay, so my brand values are this, that, and that, are they values that will or that could easily just be anyone else's brand values too? And if the answer is yes, then you you could probably do better. It's a missed opportunity, I guess we could say, if your brand values could be anyone else's too. That's really, that's such a good point because all of the, you know, when I think of the brands that I get excited about, they do ruffle feathers. Like they're not vanilla. They're very, um, they're activists and they are, um, they're, they're loud and they've got something to say, you know, and that's why I love them. It's also probably why there are other people who do not love them, but that's kind of the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't even remember who said this, but um, attract the best, repel the rest. It's just so true. Uh, you want to actually repel some people. And that's the scary part, especially okay. if especially if you're building a personal brand, because then it feels so connected to you yeah. as a person. But I will say this as well, that you can absolutely have strong and bold and really heartfelt brand values, even if you're building a personal brand without kind of airing your dirty knickers. (laughs) There is a a fine line between like personal and private, and you can still keep parts of your life private, even if you're building a personal brand. I completely agree. I was just having a conversation earlier this week about um, a personal brand. And the way that I do things. And she said something along the lines of like, I, I really want more of what you have, but I would have to give up my privacy. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't. Like, I'm like, there's a lot of things that I, I 
I am very personable online and in my brand, but I am very private in my personal life. It's just that I don't talk about those private things. So you don't know what they are. <laughs> exactly. It's like very rarely will you see me mention my children mm-hmm. in my branding. I, I'm not going to use my, my, my children or my very closest family as, as pawns in my branding game. It's just, yep. that's just a no-go for me. I, I might mention that, oh, my, my child is sick and say, oh, oh, look at this. It's Monday and my child is sick and I've got so much to do. I can do that. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't expose my children or my closest family in a, in a way that they might find inappropriate later. Or you absolutely, know, just, yeah. So I, th- I think that if that makes it easier, just think about it. There's a line between personal and private, and you get to decide where that line is drawn. Yep. I love that. I think that that's where a lot of people struggle, parents especially, with like, well, but I don't want to show my kids online or I don't want my kids to be part of my brand. And I they absolutely to. don't have to be. No. And I completely see, I, I used to um, talk a lot more about my children and even show my children when they were like babies, infants, you know. Um, but as they get older, it's a constant thought in my head because they're their own people. And a lot of the time now they'll even say like, mom, don't take my picture. And so I respect that, you know, and I think that if that's something that you want, even from the get-go, like you simply don't want your family to be a part of that brand, they don't need to be. You can have a very successful personal brand without having that um, part of your life shown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people can be aware that they exist, but they can Mm -hmm. just be in the background and people will maybe know that. So if it's important to you that you, that people know that you're a mother, for instance, or that you're not a mother. Or like anything like that, you're allowed to you, you're allowed to say it, but without exposing the people definitely that you love. Yeah, so. I love that distinction between private and personal. I think that's really important. So if someone is listening to this episode and they're like, "Okay, I do, I want to take another step forward to having this purpose driven brand. I want to attract the right people." What's step one? What's the first thing that I can do to get a little bit closer to really putting myself out there like this? Oh, well, if a shameless plug is allowed, then I do have a free Absolutely it is. <laughs> and it's cool just that um, brand values, not bland values. So if they, if someone wanted to dip their toe in, it's, it's basically, it's just five emails with five easy prompts that will just generate some ideas. And just to summarize it, it's just whether you take that course or not, it's going into yourself, asking yourself those questions. What is it that's really important to me? What do I care about? And then what are my non-negotiables, for instance? Like what, what is a big no-no for my brand? What will I never do? What will I never agree to? And that, that could be like, oh, who would you never work with, for instance? Mm. Mm. Um, and then it's just going in and looking at, at the big picture and seeing where where this whole, where all of these, like what I care about and what I, what my non-negotiables are, where's the, where are they placed in relation to each other in the bigger picture? And then trying to figure out how you can infuse that into the way you run your business or into the way you portray your brand into the world. Because, and that's coming back to the, the second point that I mentioned, that if you define your brand values and then just leave them on a piece of paper somewhere, crumpled up at the back of a drawer, <laughs> Um, that's kind of useless. You may as well not bother. 
because what matters is that you turn values into actions more than anything. And that can sound scary and big too, but it doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be. It can just be in the little things that you do, like how you respond to complaints, for instance, or how you recruit, how you, like if you have a, a company that's, that's bigger than just yourself, like what's the company culture like? How can you root that into your values and make sure that it's infused all the way throughout? It's little things like that. I love that. I think you're spot on. I think it can absolutely be those small things because the small things add up to be big, you know, like that, that's what makes up your brand. Yeah. And also it doesn't have to be just externally. So when you think of a brand and you think of all of the different touch points that you have with the people who interact with your brand, that's kind of one arena to, to let your brand values shine. But don't forget that they also have internal value, these values. There's a lot of value here, values, values. But uh, I think what I'm trying to say is you can use these values to guide your decisions as well, right? What feels right uh, versus what doesn't feel right. Because as business owners and personal brands, we are, we're going to end up in a pickle at times. There's going to be times in our lives that we end up in situations where we don't want to be, either personally or with our brands or both. And it's just nice to have kind of that North Star to navigate from, you know, and your brand values are that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, Peggy, thank you so much for joining me today. I loved this conversation. I love chatting about brand values with you. Where can people find you and work with you? Well, the easiest place to go is my website, petchy.co. Um, I have the same handle over on Instagram as well. And just go and look me up. And my website has all of the information about me, my approach, how I work, lots of case studies. Um, and on Instagram, the action is in the DMs. So if you want to connect with me, I would be so happy if you just slide into my DMs and say hello and say that you found me on Maddie's podcast. <laughs> Um, I would love to have a conversation. Fabulous. That sounds wonderful. We will link all of that good stuff in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.